the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. It was recently announced that the taxi industry in the Eastern Cape is going cashless. The system called Wealth on Wheels brings the taxi industry into the digital age. This removes cash from the taxi and removes it from the perennial problem of theft and missing funds. More than that, it opens up business opportunities for taxi operators who will be able to offer their passengers more than just a ride. When fully rolled out, the plans include the ability to offer passengers any number of retail offerings. And here's a good one. School children will have tags to monitor their movements to and from school so parents will know where they are. One of the partners in Wealth on Wheels is the For Us Digital Group, which is using blockchain technology to solve some rather interesting business problems and open opportunities for business expansion for the taxi industry. Founder and CEO of For Us is Sonny Fisher, who is no stranger to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast. Hi, Sonny. Uh, good to talk to you again. We haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, we spoke to you last time when we were doing a story about the Fish River Canyon and uh, the very unfortunate circumstances that happened there. We'll get to that in a minute, but we really want to talk here about what is happening with the taxi industry in the Eastern Cape. So can you give us an idea what, how this came about, what does it actually mean, and where are we in the the, the rollout of this program? Well, I think this is um, going to be looked back as the turning point for the fourth industrial revolution in Africa. Uh, what's happened is we started a revolution. We need to digitize um, the unbanked. We need to digitize the informal economy. We need to digitize the cash economy. Without that, there's no fourth industrial revolution, right? So what we've done is we've partnered with uh, with Santaco and the Eastern Cape uh, Tertiary Transport Cooperative. And, and Santaco is the taxi association. Yes, it's the yep. mother overall body that uh, represents all the whole industry. And uh, the the, the the cooperative that we signed with has over 100,000 taxis and more than 4 million commuters and deliver 120,000 kids to and from school every day. Is that just in the Eastern Cape? Just in the Eastern Cape. Give us those figures again. It's 100,000 vehicles, yeah. 4 million commuters, 120,000 students. Okay. To and from school every day. And it's about 80,000 odd uh, small business owners um, yeah, the taxi industry is the quiet sleeping giant of South Africa. So, uh, wealth on wheels, that, uh, that connotes, uh, seems to imply that there's going to be some wealth creation here. Absolutely. So, talk about that side of it. Well, you know, with blockchain technology, we now have the ability to um, really aggregate everybody's money securely. So before it was impossible to take 80,000 small businesses and uh, get them onto, say, a Visa or MasterCard platform. Um, That would take years, the fraud, it's an absolute nightmare. With blockchain technology and atomic settlement, we can now bring that whole cash market digital and they can now buy together, invest together. You know, the taxi industry don't own any petrol stations. Uh, They don't own any shopping centers. It's ridiculous. You know, they are responsible for, for they, I call them the biggest social network in Africa because actually they take everybody to work, to their sick kids, to their mothers. That, you know, uh, it's an integral part of society. And, um, you know, if you have a look at how digitization is changing industries, banks are becoming telcos. Uh, FNB, I think, is the biggest telco in South Africa. The telcos are becoming banks with M-Pesa and, and so on. The retailers are becoming both. Uh, isn't it time the taxi industry expanded out of pure transport? They have this amazing relationship with their customers. 
uh, we're going to digitize it and then monetize it. And it's interesting that you say that they don't own their own petrol stations. That would be a logical kind of uh, expansion or vertical integration for them. Is this part of the plan that you're going to aggregate these funds, uh, first of all, going cashless? And I want to understand how, the, what's the technology behind that? Um, do the customers have a card? Do they have some sort of reading device? Then what happens to the cash and how that gets invested? So explain that part of it. Well, the first thing is that they've organized themselves as cooperatives uh, in a, a primary, secondary, and tertiary structure. So they've got 190 cooperatives. So they've managed to organize themselves. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into coordinating the work of 80,000 small businesses. So now that they've got the legal structure, they now need the technology to be able to um, act as a single unit. So uh, what we're doing with blockchain um, is it provides the um, digital cash uh, rather than a bank account to customers. So um, we're using the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency slash stablecoin model. So this is not cryptocurrency, this is digital money but it's using blockchain technology. And are you using a RAND stablecoin? RAND stablecoin. Okay, which one? Is it one that you're creating yourself? Uh, it's one that we're creating ourselves. We've partnered with a bank, um, a Gig Bank, which is uh, uh, South Africa's only national cooperative bank. They got their license in February. And uh, we're doing some very uh, innovative things, uh, obviously all within the, the framework of the legislation. You know, the, the Integrated Finance Working Group came out with a report not so long ago, the feedback. And uh, stable coins and CBDC are inevitable. So the revolution has to be driven by somebody, and it's not going to be done by the incumbents who you know making money um, out of the current model. So um, yeah, we we're certainly uh, disrupting a few things, but this is the only way you can bring the informal sector into the digital space. Uh, the traditional banking model is too expensive, too inefficient, uh, and too unfair. You know, it's very unfair. It really punishes poor people. And that we have to stop. In terms of costs? In terms of costs and punitive things, you know, uh, bounce debit orders. You know, when somebody's lost their job, they're now in overdraft for a thousand rands worth of bounced fees. Is it as much as that? I thought it was about 750 for a bounce debit order. It's, it's, no, it's, I think it goes up to 100 rand per. It depends how often you bounce stuff. The more yeah. you bounce it, the more they're allowed to charge you. But uh, I was speaking to somebody uh, the other day who forgot to transfer. Something went wrong. And uh, he had a thousand rands worth of uh, debit order uh, fees. I think it's six hundred million a month that the banks make out of that. That's just one of the things that are unfair. Yeah, we did a story on that, it's a, and it was eight hundred million. I remember uh, the figure. That's how okay. much they make from bounce debit order. So it's a good business for them. Uh, yeah, but is it really? You know, it's not sustainable because everybody's battling to pay, make ends meet, and the banks are making the best profits in their history. I mean, they, yeah. all of them. So. Uh, it's not sustainable. Um, we're going to see the fallout, um, and they're going to be writing off more and more of their debt. Um, there's a better way to do it. Um, banks are needed. Um, there are ways to make money, but it doesn't have to be at the expense of society. Just go back to this issue of the cashless taxi ride. So just take us through the steps there. Somebody turns up at the side of the road, and uh, taxi pulls over. So pick it up from that point. How is this transaction going to take place? Um, so there's a reader as they get into the taxi at the door, mounted. Um, they can either scan uh, or tap their phone, scan the QR code or tap a card. We've got a card um, that you can store cash on it so it doesn't have to have an internet connection at the time to do So it's it. a so prepaid. It's, it's a prepaid, like a Gauteng uh, a travel card. Mm -hmm. 
um, so that we can get, you know, reach even people who have smart fo- uh, feature phones. Right. Um, you tap when you get uh, get on the taxi and you pay for your ride. For the kids, for the scholar system, it's a little bit different. The kids get given bracelets with a, a NFC chip in, and they tap when they get on. We SMS the parents or guardian to say, uh, Johnny's on the bus. Right. Johnny gets to school and uh, taps off, and then we let uh, the guardian know that uh, Johnny's uh, at school. And then what we do is we uh, automatically invoice the Department of Education and Transport, and that whole process now gets digitized. Because at the moment, um, it's all manual. So the guys are running around with proof of delivery of kids, and the principal has to sign. And as a result, taxi owners don't get paid, go out of business, because the government hasn't paid them on time. So this is a Santaco initiative to say, no, we're going to create a system to better manage the whole process. Uh, And that's uh, obviously done on blockchain. Right. Do we have any idea how, what volume of funds are processed each month by these um, hundred thousand taxis in the Eastern Cape? Um, it's it's well in excess. Uh, I think the number was five billion. I mean, it's you know you're talking about uh, four million commuters catching two rides a day. It's a significant amount of money. They're a, they're a, a significant uh, player in the ecosystem. And the other important thing to to realize is that. Um, it's a cooperative, and uh, these a lot of these taxis are owned by teachers, nurses, policemen, who running a small business, and um, you know because they're the only ones who historically have been able to access finance. Right. So it's a bit of a moonlight for them. They, it's, they've it's got a, bit a of job, a, and they run a taxi on the side. Run a taxi on the side, uh, and uh, it's a seven hundred and fifty thousand rand asset. You know, it's not a small endeavour. They you know turn over around sixty thousand a month. And uh, it can be hard to make a profit. You know, when the petrol price goes up, um, you know, uh, an accident, you're off the road, you've got no income, you've still got all these overheads. And then they also pay a huge price for finance. You know, right. SA Taxi Finance was established because no one would finance them. SA Taxi Finance does, but uh, at a very high premium. So now as uh, we're connecting everybody's bank accounts and the ability to collect money together as an industry with cooperative banking, they can now finance their vehicles themselves at no interest because you know the, the whole thing doesn't make sense we, that, got that's, get, that's transaction capitals uh, division right so, uh, yes. so are we talking here about some serious competition for them coming up um, yeah you know look I, I think at the end of the day we're all about collaboration and you know we can bring down their costs um, and they can pass the saving on at the end of the day we need to work together this is one of those areas payments and, and to get ubiquity Everybody needs to work together because the benefits then, uh, you know, are, are infinitely more uh, and everybody can share it. So that's a big part of the for us process is getting that collaboration. And uh, that's what's so exciting about this project because it's uh, eccentric. Our, our partners, eccentric payment systems, uh, 54% owned by Standard Bank. They're the biggest payment process in South Africa. They do the processing for a lot of tier one retailers. They've got 150,000 POS devices out there, tools that they manage. POS being a point of sale. Point of sale, yeah. Mm. Till, um, they've, got, uh, they've been in business 25 years with no downtime. So, um, so we've got big business. Uh, we've got uh, for us with an with a innovative uh, business model and our, um, our blockchain technology um, and we've got the taxi industry and government, both the Department of Education and Transport, all working together to solve a social problem. And this is, uh, you know, the model that we've been looking for. And uh, we're very uh, pleased that we got it right in the Eastern Cape. So I'm curious to know how you tied up with Santaco, because, I mean, if going back over the years and possibly the decades, people have spoken about the business potential of the taxi industry and they've been 
various forces mobilized to try and do, I think, what you have set out to do yourself. Uh, have they not succeeded? Uh, and how did you end up pulling this one in? Um, they didn't succeed because everybody came at it from the same angle of saying, you know, he has an opportunity to take a massive industry and uh, make some money off of them. Um, our process has been different. We've been working in the industry now for five years with the taxi industry, looking at how we can actually um, do this, how we can add the value, designing the systems together. Uh, this is their system. Wealth on Wheels is their project. They've been at this for 11 years. Okay. So, you know, that, that's true empowerment, um, giving them the tools and not telling them how to do it. You know, our, our philosophy is your community, your rules. So they've designed their system. They've designed how it works. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's the difference. Nobody wants to be told what to do. So you're starting in the Eastern Cape. I presume this is almost like a pilot. You do intend to expand it out from there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, already it's, uh, the, the wildfire is spreading. Everybody wants it. Um, so, yes, uh, um, the Eastern Cape happened to be the most organized in terms of the cooperative structure and, you know, further down the road. Um, some of the other um, provinces are uh, a little less organized, but this is for everybody. We want everybody to, to participate um, because this is going to be the first um, flame that, that starts South Africa's road to prosperity. It's getting the, the uh, township uh, economies going again, getting the rural economies going again, getting SMMEs funded and, and uh, growing their businesses. Um, so this is a very, very big first step to achieving that. Just go back to the entrepreneurs. I think you said there were 80,000 of them. Now, what's the incentive for them to participate in? I presume that they, we already said that this is kind of a side hustle for them. The money that they make at the end of the month, they probably need that to cover their living expenses. So what's the incentive for them to now participate in a what I presume is going to be like a pool type system where they're now going to uh, amalgamate their funds with others and they're going to invest in properties and petrol stations and things like that. Um, the, the whole industry is on a drive to formalization. They want to get to a situation where a driver has a job and a salary and where different owners can share drivers and have a pool. Um, it's, a, it's a whole sort of revolution in, in their ability to uh, work together. So they're formalizing the industry. The other thing that the, 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 the reason, the big motivator, is that the taxi industry is the only transport sector in South Africa that's not subsidized by government at all. And it's not fair. There are even buses who operate on taxi routes who are getting a subsidy. But the Department of Transport has always said, you're not organized, we can't subsidize. Well, that argument's going to be over real soon. So... Um, the benefits of digitization, I mean, I can speak about it for hours. We, we sell it to you know, big corporations, but it applies to small businesses too. Um, we're not only putting in um, a payment system, but also video cameras, video cameras with AI. If the driver gets on the phone, it'll notify the owner. There's a camera watching the road. There's a camera watching the taxi. So the passengers are now protected and safe. So this is really a… And, a, and will they film him if, if he goes through a red light? Yeah, Absolutely. You know, these are the kind of I things. I think South Africans will be pleased no, to hear about that. Everybody wants to improve it. And also, <laughs> now if a driver's getting a salary, he doesn't have to drive like a maniac right. to pay his bills. Yes, know? yes, uh, because the, the current system is he's got to do so many trips, right? He gets only paid for the number of trips he does. Uh, yes, normally they get paid a fixed amount, and then they've got to pay themselves. So if they do more trips, it's to their advantage. Right. So the, the, the incentives are wrong. Um, so there's a lot that needs to change in the industry. 
Um, but, you know, this is the start of it. And then, you know, there are things like DAOs that will now be possible. So if... Um, okay, so a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. So just to quickly explain what that is. Um, so what it is, is it's an, uh, a way to use the digital technology, the telephone, to let all the taxi drivers have a say in decision making. And that can be driven without any uh, opportunity to interfere uh, play games it's 100% transparent so now you can take the power of the taxi industry and you can get them to make decisions together and it could be on something like do we want to put a petrol station here or there um, how would you it's do that it's kind of democracy, yeah, in, democracy but on a smaller yeah. scale how, how yeah. would you do that um, without this technology right Right. And with an audit trail that you know says, yeah, but you didn't vote. You did yes. vote. This yes. was the vote. And, and it brings transparency and trust. And that's what any financial system needs. It's a fascinating model. What other kinds of retail products and services will you be able to offer passengers? Well, you know, without a doubt, um, airtime, electricity, all the things that um, still drive people to cash. So we want to turn um, taxis into into. Uh, banks and mobile operators. So if you think about it, the mobile operators are, co- are spending 6% to collect their prepaid airtime uh, money. Uh, every one of them is paying that. Um, guys are paying funeral policies or insurance premiums. Cash is a major problem. So we're saying, hey, we're the tax industry. We'll take the cash and we'll sort it out. And then once you're on our cashless system, you can pay your bills, you can um, get your water and lights, uh, you can get airtime. And because we're going to start aggregating it, we're also obviously going to start offering specials. So there are customers. Um, um, in any taxi, there might be six APSA customers, six Capitec, and there might be some MTN and Celsi, but I'll tell you what, they're all going to have a WOW account and a WOW card. WOW, which is Wealth on Wheels yeah. as WOW. It's a good name. Yeah. And the bank you're using is Gig Bank. Uh, yes. Um, actually, what we have is a partnership with Gig Bank, which has uh, just got its license, its cooperative banking license in February. Um, so there are our savings and uh, credit partner. And then we're working with Gig Trust to issue the um, stable coins because it's a different process. It's not really banking, right? It's, uh, it sits in the middle of the regulatory framework at the moment. But with the new um, crypto exchanges and that whole licensing coming into play, there'll be more regulation uh, around it. And um, it's, uh, So we have a partnership with the bank, but we don't actually uh, – we, we're trading in, in stable coins. We're not, we're not in the banking space. And who will issue the stable coins? Um, Gig Trust. Gig so, Trust, yeah. okay. So they're, they're, they're a financial services you know, licensed uh, uh, organization. They have all the deposit-taking licenses to do that. Right. So, so basically, you know, one rand, real-world fiat currency rand, will then result in the minting of a rand stable coin. Correct. And the blockchain will keep track of all of this so that it's fully accounted for. Yes. Interesting. Okay, can we just change subjects here? When we spoke previously, you, uh, we spoke about the Fish River Resort. We did a story on, on MoneyWeb, and it got a lot of traction. Now, just give us the background to that story, because just, just for people who don't know what that is, what happened was you had taken over the Fish River Resort, which is an old Salk Kurtzner Casino Correct. resort and a golf course. It's a Gary Player golf course. That's right. And you turned that into a, like a world-class studio, and you were filming. You had a reality show that was going on there, but you were getting these land invasions from presumably people in the local community. And then eventually they trashed the place, and uh, you, you had to abandon it. So just give us the, a little bit of background on that and, and what happened since. 
Yeah, I think it's it's a story of of the last ten years in South Africa. You know, you've heard it in so many industries, in building, etc., where we were really victims of um, of the system. Um, what happened was um, that land um, was acquired by uh, the regional people in a land claim process that took, um, I think it was 25 years. And, you know, justice delayed is justice denied because you now have a situation where the trustees who now own the land, most of them have died. There's a new community of people who there who um, feel they have claim to the land. Uh, and then there, there was an internal dispute. So as the, as the uh, tenant um, who was renting um, the property uh, from the trust, there was infighting. Um, so um, each party thought we should be talking to them uh, when there was a legal, you know, legally the trust was uh, the organization we were supposed to deal with, but on the ground they didn't have um, the whole community behind them. So it was community infighting um, and we just were victims caught in the middle and um, uh, turned violent. Um, frustration. You know, we, we've got a lot of youngsters who want to participate, who, who know they've been left out and they, they want it now. They, they don't have the skills, you know, um, they, they, they just weren't prepared to wait anymore. You know, they're so tired of hearing things are going to change that when you say to them, there's no tomorrow for them anymore. So for them, it was like they had nothing to lose, you know, in their, in their mind. Mm. So they were, it was very frustrating to, to negotiate with somebody who is not negotiating. To them, they were like, um, we just want this thing um, not to happen because we want something now. Um, total short-term and you know short-term view, and uh, was very very frustrating because we you know we actually had a production shooting. Now you can imagine you've got a, a, a crew from the UK uh, who are paying millions to be there um, and shooting you know the production what it costs, and now you're disrupted. So. Um, and what happened? They had, they had to walk away, and you had to refund money, or what? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we had to evacuate them, and 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 we had to make sure that the show could still continue. Because if that hadn't happened, then you're talking about damages of a whole different level. So we managed to salvage the show through the help of the other uh, uh, hotels in the area, and it was a it was a real uh, nightmare, and could have really jeopardized uh, a, a lot more. But what it did was it put that whole project on hold, and. We were just in the start of it. We were working with an overseas university who was going to set up a campus there, a film campus. Uh, Tswani University of Technology was going to set up a film campus. We were working with the department, uh, with DTI, and having a look at the film um, whole uh, film rebate process to see if we could move it to blockchain. You know, this was a whole initiative to drive film in, in the Eastern Cape. So it was a major, major setback. Uh, and... Um were there any arrests? Not that that particularly matters at this point, but uh, um, was justice done to those who did no, the damage? No, you can't arrest people just like that. We first had to go and get a court order to get an interdict, and then you've got to list the people, and then the attorney doesn't arrive, and then he's got a sick note, and so you know it's and you, so you're powerless. You know that's that's the sad reality. So that project is dead. Well, I, I'm not going to say it's, uh, uh, you know, I live in hope. Um, we, we've got one or two um, uh, things that we work on that are, 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 you know, long shots. But I don't give up. <laughs> I'm one of those people. Uh, you know, it can be, it can be a, a blessing and a curse. But, no, um, we, we, we want to get back to that. Um, we've got um, four projects we work on in the Eastern Cape. Right. Uh, film was one of them. This cashless project is another. Uh, cannabis is one and conservation. So, 
you know, we've got a lot going on there, and we're going to get back to the film thing. Um, it, was a, it was a detour, but uh, we, we have been looking at some alternatives and, and, and other options. But um, this taxi uh, project uh, um, has obviously taken priority now. Okay. Now, when we spoke to you the last time on the Money Web Crypto podcast, you explained that what your job was at For Us was basically connecting entrepreneurs and business funders, making it possible for people who don't normally qualify for funding. For example, the Spaza owner who's not going to get a bank loan but does need capital to expand. How is that going? Is that coming to any kind of fruition? Yeah. Um, our first 80,000, 100,000 entrepreneurs that we're funding are the taxi owners, right? Okay, so this is it. This, this is, is it. it. Yeah. This is the first example of it because right. that's how we're doing it. We're funding the equipment and we're collecting the uh, um, return on the blockchain using smart contracts. So um, this is the start of rolling out to SMMEs. And um, we've got a number of other initiatives because you see the, the taxi drivers are taking everybody to the markets. So the informal sector around that is where we're going next. So we'll be signing up those merchants and offering them finance and also the ability to get paid with a wow card because this is not just about taxi. Taxi is the first step, right? Once you've got a digital wallet, why would you need cash? Right. I guess one of the things is Spaza owners are not organized in the same way that taxi owners are, right? Um, There there are organizations um, um, that also have hundreds of thousands of Spazas in them. Um, and generally, the communities are well organized, uh, whether it's through the churches um, um, or um, uh, local business communities. So there, there is quite a bit of structure. They're easy to get to. Um, and this is where we're going to be now uh, speaking to the FMCG guys, the, the Cokes, the Unilevers of this world, who also uh, battle with cash and have no real insight into who's buying their products at the end, uh, at the last mile, because it's cash. So there's a lot of advertising and marketing value um, in the data. So um, the, the trick is now to grow the ecosystem quickly um, so that everybody can take advantage of this. Um, and this for you was always the, the kind of the logical use case for, for blockchain technology. Yeah, absolutely. There are two, there are two um, markets across the continent that need this as a solution. The one is the transport, and that's across Africa, and we're working in seven different countries now across the continent. And the other one is social grants or grants. So, for example, in Ethiopia, we've been working with a co-op there that has 5 million members that distribute food. Everybody needs to control that and manage those kind of things, and it's difficult to do manually. So um, those are the two big opportunities across the continent. And also, only 50% of Africans have identity documents. So this is also... 15 15%. 50%. 50%. 50%. So in Ethiopia, we've been working on a project to uh, issue a a digital uh, identity with a bank account. Um, so, yeah, I think um, this is uh, going to open things up. Yeah, one of the interesting use cases we had on the Money Web Crypto podcast was um, a group that's going out into Africa like Mozambique, and they're offering mortgage loans. Now, uh, you know, you, you go to most countries in Africa, it's the mortgage market is almost non-existent, virtually non-existent. It's quite developed in South Africa because you've got a, a, a banking sector here which is advanced. But... Uh, it, it is quite fascinating. The same idea that you would get people who are willing to put money at risk for people who need it. Um, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have payslips. So the, the whole credit vetting process is not the same as it is with a bank. But because uh, a lot of people are in the informal sector, what you would want to see is some monthly cash going through. Absolutely. W- whether it's cash or whether it's money in a bank account. 
And so it's opening up opportunities that weren't there before. Absolutely. This is the new economy. This is going to drive the fourth industrial revolution, and this can make Africa the leader. Now we've got 1.2 billion people. We've been working with the African Union and with the Pan-African Payments and Settlement Platform, PAPS, and uh, the ACTFA Secretariat, the Africa Free Trade. Without these kinds of systems, we ain't trading nothing with nobody. How do you, if you've got a cash economy, do business with somebody in another country? So um, we're going to be making some announcements. We're at a, at a conference in Turkey um, next week, um, some uh, big announcements uh, about a continental initiative uh, for an interoperable uh, universal digital payment network. Stand by for that. <laughs> okay. We're going to leave it there. Fascinating discussion. Sonny Fisher, founder of For Us. Thanks very much for coming into the studio and, and uh, keep us in touch with what's going to happen in this space. Very exciting. Will do. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.